0: Welcome to Run This World. My name is Nicole DeBoone. I'm a former pro athlete turned entrepreneur. Each week, I'll bring you insights and inspiration from some of the world's greatest visionaries who will help you run your world in ways that you didn't even realize were possible. Thank you for spending some time with me today. Now let's get this workout started. Hey, everyone. It's me. It's Nicole. I'm I'm back for another episode. Episode 170, by the way. It means I've been doing the podcast a long, long time. I have no plans to stop this, my friends. Um, I lately have been filling you in on what I'm calling the skirt saga or the transition, the public transition of Nicole DeBoom from one career to the next. I thought maybe today I would read you a post I put on Facebook this week. I've got a couple of Facebook accounts, really annoying, because when you get a business account, nobody sees it, and so I post more on my personal. Anyway, if you don't follow me on Facebook, I'm Nicole DeBoom. Follow either account. Usually my information makes it to both. Um, But I thought I'd read you the post I wrote because it, it really summarizes where I am right now. And the response to it was absolutely incredible. I love you all. So I posted a photo of me from a shoot we did in Savannah a long time ago. We were just, I hopped out for the photographer to check some light and I'm wearing a a tank that says, I just PR'd a little. So back in the day, we would do these funny um graphic slogan contests and our ambassadors and and customers would weigh in on what they'd like to see and so one of our ambassadors submitted this and I thought it was hilarious I just PR'd a little especially for our age group of women anyway but I love the photo and I love the message so here goes I thought this photo was fitting for the finish line I'm working toward. It took me a while to get here, but I think I'm about to PR. For a long time, my only goal for skirt sports was to have the dream business exit like I watched my friends Lara American from Lara Bar and Justin Gold from Justin's have. Build something meaningful and then sell it to a business that carries on your legacy and you never have to work again. <laughs> And huge congrats to them, that's not in the post. But I love them and they had an amazing path. But back to the post. When I realized that wasn't going to happen, it took a while to get my head on straight. One day it hit me. It was time to create a new definition for success. When I digested your incredible posts, your tributes to me and skirt, the ways that what I created changed your lives for the better, your pure appreciation for this effort. I realize that success is not about money. It's about making meaningful change in the world. I do not know what lies ahead for me personally, but I believe I was put here to connect women, maybe all people, but especially women, to help you find happiness, to make you feel better. So that's where I'm putting my energy. That along with the celebration that a 15-year finish line brings, thanks for helping me see this. So there it is. That is where I am today, having new realizations all the time, redefining success. That was a big realization for me. But it also leads to the next question that a lot of people are asking and have asked for a while. What, what will I do next, right? People ask that all the time, depending on whatever job you're in. What are you going to do next? Or even when you like just had your first baby, when are you going to have number two? (laughs) It happens all the time. Um, I got to tell you, I was talking to my great friend, Erin Weed, who's been on the podcast previously. And she said, you know, Nicole, it's really hard to put your energy towards starting something new when you're trying hard to put your energy towards ending or winding something down. And I think that's so true. So while I want to think about what's next, and I'll admit it creeps into my brain sometimes, or I'll get these little random ideas from time to time, I'm not ready to fully put my energy there. But when I do, here's where it goes. What am I going to do? I could get a job. Never really had a job (laughs) I mean, I guess I I don't know how that really sounded, but like I've never really worked for somebody else. So I don't know what that would look like. I could just start something new. I know all about starting things. I could do nothing. That would be really interesting. Um, I could potentially find a wonderful home with a new owner for Skirt Sports and doing something with a new organization, if that happens. I could dabble in a bunch of different stuff. Basically, everything is on the table. Um, But I think the the important thing is that patience is going to play a big part in this. And no matter what, I keep coming back to why I was put here, to connect and celebrate women. I truly feel that from the bottom of my heart, I am here on this planet to help connect and celebrate other people. I am your biggest cheerleader and as much as you've all been my cheerleader in the last month or so, um, it's been really interesting to take that in because for me, I naturally want to give that out. So thank you for helping me learn how to do that as well. But you know, this is actually a perfect segue to today's guest because she is a woman who also connects and celebrates women. Um... Kristen Horler, the founder of Baby Boot Camp, now called Momletta, is here today to share incredible nuggets, so much wisdom. The nutshell is that many years ago, over 18 years ago, this woman birthed a baby that birthed a business. So think about that. Basically, she had a baby, and then on the other side, had an idea while holding her baby and lugging her baby around to create a business that would allow her to include her baby in her return to a fitness level that she wanted to reach. And as I said, she called it Baby Boot Camp. It became a national franchise. She became an entrepreneur, um, accidental entrepreneur, let's call it, And uh, she's just ridden the roller coaster ever since. When you have a woman like this that you have the opportunity to talk to, I I really dug in every area I could. I'm very excited to share this interview with you. Her philosophies on every aspect of life are interesting, inspirational, and uh, I think you're going to take something away. So without further ado... Let's bring Kristen Horler on the show. Hello there. Hi. How you doing today, Kristen?
1: I am doing great.
0: It's funny. I feel like I'm talking to an old friend, and I know we've connected in the past, but I can't remember when and why. Do you remember?
1: I think we did a sampling years ago with Baby Bootcamp. I mean, like 12 to 16 years ago. Oh, wow. We product sampling because we were looking at imprinting it with our logo and we were having issues with the the logo that you guys had and the logo we had and like just trying to figure out if we could do something together, like do a collab.
0: Okay, so we totally blew it. And if we had helped figure that out for you, <laughs> we could be merged right now and uh, a massive force in the world.
1: I don't think we blew it. I think it was just, you know, the stars didn't align. We tried your, your staff with your team was amazing. You know, we had a great time working with them. They were very generous with some samples. I got to test some stuff, you know, and get, get the word out at least in you know, Florida about your awesome products. So,
0: well, what's really cool is a few episodes ago, I interviewed one of your franchise owners. So your business used to be called baby bootcamp. And you started it like almost two decades ago, and uh, the the episode I'm talking to featured Christy Bruner.
1: Yes, Christy's up in St. Pete. She's about an hour away from us. We stayed connected. Um, She sold her franchise and has moved on to other adventures and amazing things in her life. Three girls now, crazy, but yeah, it's uh, it's amazing to see the women that that I have the pleasure of working with, you know, over the years. Whether it's you know three years as a franchisee or, you know, 13 years, whatever it might be to see what they do next. Like to just have a little bit of time in their lives and just see what, what, what comes of their lives and their business and their families. And I'm so blessed to have the time that I get to have with each of them.
0: You know, we are going to dig so deep into this cool business that you've created and this interesting business model where you connect with people in, in such a such an awesome way through their bodies, right? (laughs) But um so
1: strong, you know, that's the amazing thing is I don't even think we realize it. And, you know, having a baby was a pivotal point for me. And that's one of the reasons I focus on moms is because it is such a life changing moment. No matter how you become a mother, it is, it is transformational.
0: You know, I was thinking about it with you and you birthed a baby that birthed a business. That's a really chills all over me. Yeah, that's a crazy way to say it. So maybe let's go back in time. Let's go back uh, over 18 years ago and talk about how you became the, the strong woman entrepreneur you are.
1: Well, I, uh, so I used to be a pastry chef. I don't know if you knew that about me. I went to California Culinary Academy in San Francisco. This is after finish my, finishing my undergraduate degree at UC Santa Barbara. I had studied uh, physical anthropology, always knew I'd go back to grad school, probably to study nutrition, and I'll get to that (laughs) a little bit later, (laughs) because it took me uh, until I was 40 to go back to do that. But anyways, studied physical anthropology, left Santa Barbara, went to San Francisco, worked in an office for a year, and very quickly realized that I was having this uh, internal conflict with the work I was doing. We were retrieving medical records, and... um, I just did not feel like I was contributing to society in any positive way. And I had such a moral dilemma with what we were doing and like who some of our clients were. And, and you know, it was just a job, but it, it just, it was eating me apart inside. So after about a year living in San Francisco, I started looking into grad school programs, a ton of colleges and universities in Northern California to choose from ended up going to culinary school. It just you know, seemed more practical at the time to really learn how to cook. I knew I didn't want to open a restaurant, you know, ended up getting into pastries, doing some personal chef work, worked for the Ritz Carlton, the Four Seasons Resort, learned a ton about business and um, professionalism. <laughs> Loved working for the Ritz for that reason. And then uh, I, was, I got certified to teach spinning. And I was teaching spinning like three nights a week after working in the pastry kitchen. Does
0: that seem absurd? Yeah. The, I mean, there's so many like kind of pivots already. and oh, so many. You know, pieces that don't quite match, yeah. but clearly you're a woman of many interests and talents. And so, you know, yeah, you might be a pastry chef. So I think of pastry chefs and I'm like, okay, that's not the healthiest um, avenue for eating, right? Like- This is sugar and butter and fats and the things that are delicious.
1: Do you realize what goes into pound cake? I mean, it is a pound of butter, a pound of sugar. I mean, that's why it's called pound cake.
0: (laughs) Wow. Oh my gosh. I know I did not realize that. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of getting this picture of this, of a young, ambitious woman. Like when did you graduate college? Oh, a few years before that. So was Uh, this all during that like formative time after college where you're like, I don't know what I want to do, but I think I might want to do the food thing.
1: Yes. So I was, Oh, I feel like I was always pursuing my passion, which I still am doing today. And you know, you say there's all these, this complexity, all these different things. And the reality is is to me, it's food, it's fitness. It's fun.
0: Oh, I love that. I love that. Yeah, but you know the way you were doing food and and the the track you sort of entered into, I I just see it as a very sort of disciplined track, and the food industry is like it's tough.
1: Seven a.m. at the hotel in your uniform, pressed and clean. Yeah, so I'd ride my bike, you know, to the hotel, or I'd run to the hotel because they've got showers and your pressed uniform. So. I was crazy. I was that person with a huge tumbler of water on my take workstation. And where's Kristen? Oh, she must be in the bathroom again.
0: <laughs> totally. So wait. The culture. So, all along, so when did sports become a priority for you? W- was it always a priority growing up?
1: You know, I think my parents helped to make it a priority. You know, elementary school, it was three years of soccer. Middle school it was three years of swim team. High school it was three years of crew. Went to college, ended up not rowing in college, but then I got into sprint triathlons, did a lot in Southern California, um, never liked swimming in the ocean, never liked to always hope that there would be some natural disaster to prevent me from having to go in the ocean.
0: Like they would cancel the swim and you could just yeah. do the bike run? Yeah.
1: Which ironically, the swim was my best. Leg.
0: <laughs> Which is really funny. We might have done some of the same races back in the day. You never know.
1: ones, Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's when I first got into sports and athletics. And then, you know, all through my twenties and thirties and even into my beginning of my forties, I never viewed myself as an athlete um, until two years ago. I got back into crew. I joined our master's rowing team.
0: Wait, pause. Yes. You launched a women's fitness like major franchise, right? Is it worldwide or, or nationwide? Uh, we're,
1: we're just in the U.S. right
0: now. Yep. Nationwide fitness franchise and you still didn't see yourself as an athlete? No. What was that in your mind? Like why did it take relaunching into a, a crazy sport like Crew <laughs> to really flip yeah, that switch that. in your brain, you know?
1: I don't know what it was, Um, and in that time period, I did 10 half marathons, but I did them for fun, you know, I, I wasn't competing to be faster, I actually started after, you know, my third half marathon, ended up with an Achilles issue, a knee issue, so I discovered interval training, then developed a 5K training program for our franchisees, and then a half marathon training program for them, but it's all based on the foundation of interval training, to prevent injury, especially in postpartum women who are highly susceptible to injury. So uh, I don't know, I guess because I did it for fun, I never really saw myself as an athlete. And then I started crew and again, (laughs) as an adult in my mid forties. And you know, we were competing. I mean, we're, practice is hard and long and intense and you're part of this team and everyone's counting. They cannot take the boat out. With eight people and a coxswain, if you don't show up for practice, talk about accountability.
0: Oh, totally. I mean, do you look back on it and think, you know, here you are inspiring tons of women to like discover their own inner athlete. And part of your philosophy with Letta is fun, right? Oh, okay. So like, do you ever look back on it and think, I, I didn't, maybe I wasn't taking myself as, um I don't know, not seriously, but I don't know. Maybe I should have adopted that mindset earlier.
1: Well, you know, it's interesting when I think about our members across the country, our Momotta members, you know, and as we were going through this process of a rebrand, which I know we'll touch on in a little bit, I actually asked our brand ambassadors who are members across the country, I said, do you see yourself as athletic or an athlete, And this was when I was going through, you know, I just started crew again. I was like, wow, I'm an athlete. I didn't realize that or acknowledge that. And vast majority of our members resonated with athletic. However, our instructors and our franchise owners resonated with athlete. So we intentionally sought out and developed a new brand to attract the athletic mom or the mom who aspires to be athletic.
0: Oh, wow. That is the power of semantics. And that is one tiny change of two letters in a word. And man, it makes a huge difference. You're right. And I can understand then how as an athlete, you are setting goals, you're tackling them, you're competing, you're pushing hard. Yeah. And when you consider yourself athletic, maybe it's fitness is a priority in your life and you want to keep your body strong so you can keep doing stuff. I don't know. What do you think? That's that's my definition.
1: Keep up with your children. Be able to travel and not, you know, be constantly be in pain, right?
0: Well, and it's funny. I also think as we get older, it's all relative, right? So. Personally, I would call myself an athlete, even though I don't have like the kind of goals I used to have. But that might just be because I used to be a professional athlete. Like it's just sort of in my identity. I consider myself that. Um, but the standards by which I'd like to maintain my le- level of athleticism have changed. Like ten years ago, it was oh, I just I just work out enough so I could be fit enough so that if a friend asked me to go for a two to three hour trail run, I could do it. Right. I mean, seriously. Now it's a totally different story. <laughs> it's like you said, I want to be fit enough so if my kid wants to go like on an adventure or whatever, I can do it without the creaks and cracks and, and pain, Right. right
1: or, or the extra weight, you know, that's, that's one of the things that inspired me with fitness. And then eventually with nutrition was having a mother and honestly, the whole, that whole side of my family be so heavy, so overweight, like, you know, we don't go for a walk together. That, that's not a family thing, you know, with, with that side of the family.
0: Okay. So when you were growing up, fitness wasn't a priority with your parents
1: Uh, With my father, it was. He was very athletic. He would, while I was running, he'd be on his bike, you know, so he was always doing things with me when he could. Um, Even my older brother, he rode and he ended up being my my coach when I started my first summer. My son is now in high school and he's rowing, so it's exciting.
0: (laughs) That's so cool. But your mom, was she more of like a nurturer and a caretaker?
1: ironing my dad's clothes, cooking for the kids, driving us, shuttling us around in the minivan or the station wagon. (laughs) Yeah, definitely the nurturer and the caretaker.
0: Yeah, okay. So I can kind of see that picture and you're like, I want to break that, you know, I want to break that tradition or, you know, move our family in a different direction.
1: You know, and that's actually, it's funny, it's interesting that you touch on that. That is why we started franchising was because I grew up with this traditional family home in the 70s, right? My father works 50, 60 hours a week, drives to LA for his job, you know, sits in traffic, works, travels, he's gone a lot. My mom's at home shuttling around three kids, driving us to sports, cooking up at 6 a.m., pressing his shirts and making his eggs. And and I saw, this was my worldview, right? As a child growing up that I could, as an adult, work full time and travel and kind of alienate my family. Right. That was what I, my perception, or I could be a caretaker. And honestly, once I met my husband, I recognized I didn't want either path. And you know, we got married in 2000. So July is going to be our 20 year anniversary. Kind of crazy.
0: Congrats. It's huge.
1: I know. I don't think we're going to be going where we were hoping to go. Oh. Future. I forgot about that. I know, I know. It's all right. We'll survive. <laughs> next, there's always next summer. So uh, back in 2000, you know, and our, we had our daughter the following year in 01 with the birth of our franchise. So, you know, I'm looking at these two paths as, as a newly married woman, as a soon to be new mom, first time mom, thinking, gosh, I don't want, I don't want this path. You know, this isn't the right path for me. And my goodness, I'm not going to be ironing shirts for someone. <laughs> there are people I can pay to do that. So I wanted to see if we could break the mold. And you, you totally hit on it. Like I, I wanted to challenge the status quo. And we did not have home-based businesses other than maybe Tupperware, which who was interested in that back then. Um, there were no other home-based business opportunities. And, and I thought, you know, why not create something that enables a new mom to pursue her passion for fitness, to inspire other moms in her community, and bring in some income at the same time. And she doesn't need to get a babysitter. You can bring your baby in the stroller. Our first tagline was bring your baby get fit with baby bootcamp when we first launched.
0: I love that. So when you first came up with this concept, well, first of all, you're you know, you were having, you had your child in your twenties, right?
1: Uh, yes. 28 was yeah. when my daughter was born and 30 was when
0: my son was born. Oh, wow. Cool. Yeah. Gosh, I did it a little different. I have an eight year old now, but, um, amazing. you probably I had really a
1: little and they cook for themselves. It's amazing.
0: <laughs> All right. I'll be calling you for each stage. Um, but, uh, it's so when you, you were like, Hey, I got to get back in shape because fitness had been a part of your life and in fact I think by that time you had moved more into the fitness industry and given up the pastry chefing for a while
1: actually so I had talked earlier about how I was you know kind of moonlighting teaching a couple spinning classes a week subbing one class here and there so two or three classes a week in the evenings after working as a pastry chef and one day I step in to sub the spin class for Monica and I step in and um my husband's in the front row. <laughs> so anyways, my, eventually my husband. <laughs> so we finished class and he's asking me to come have coffee with everyone. I'm like, yeah, no, I'm not going to date anyone from the gym. I didn't say that, but I'm like, I got to go. I'm busy. And anyways, he kept pursuing me, kept pursuing me. And uh, eventually I there was one day that I needed a ride home. And he said, I will give you a ride home, but let me, let's meet for coffee first. No one else from the gym showed up for coffee though, which was very strange. So we meet. And then, uh, you know, we spend two hours playing chess and having coffee, a great time. And then he gives me a ride home and I'm like, did you want my number? <laughs> so anyways, wait, he wasn't engaged and we're moving in. I'm not kidding. It was like so fast, long-term relationships. We knew what we wanted and we, he didn't want to wait. So anyways, we moved very quickly forward. We, Bought a house, well, got a puppy, got a house, moved to Marin from San Francisco, and then got married and had a baby. And that was like all within less than a year.
0: Wow, that's a lot of life change.
1: Yes. So when I met him and we got the puppy in the house, I realized I am married to my career that I'm not even passionate about. It's so toxic in that pastry kitchen. Um, and the personal training director where I was teaching spinning said, you know, have you thought about getting certified because we're hiring trainers? I'm like, yeah, I don't know if that's my thing, the machines, and like, I don't know. And she's like, come shadow me. Carrie was an amazing trainer. She's in Lake Tahoe now. And she was using the big fitness ball, right? Which was kind of new to the fitness industry in 99 because it was coming from the, the physical therapy world. And she, she taught me what body weight training is, not using, we never touched a machine um, Free weights, uh, balance work, and just I, I found my niche and got certified as a personal trainer. Started doing personal training, but then the reason I launched Baby Bootcamp then, which is now Mom Let Up, is because that next year I got pregnant with my daughter. They had no childcare there at the gym. Yeah. So it was like, okay, if I want to continue seeing clients or working in any capacity, we're going to have to get a nanny. I'm not sure that I want to leave my baby for 12 hours with someone else. And uh, I was already starting women's boot camp classes in San Francisco. I thought, well, I wonder if I could put her in the stroller and do a women's boot camp class for other moms. And my sweet, sweet personal training clients got together and two weeks before my last day of work, deliver a jogging stroller to me. I blame them. Wow. <laughs> for reason, yes. So they, they were so sweet. They pitched in. They, they bought me a jogging stroller. And, uh, you know, the week after Madison was born, I put her in it and went for a walk, and she fell asleep. And I'm like, okay, this is interesting. And Baby Boot Camp was born. Within six weeks, we started our first class.
0: So when you first started, it was about, let's get a group of us to be able to do this. And then very shortly thereafter, you realized it's really also about empowering women to take ownership of their lives after they have babies.
1: Well, it started as, you know, I wanted to help other moms not feel the way that so many moms from the prior generation felt oh i have all this extra weight because i've had three children right this is what i grew up hearing all the time not just from my mom but from her friends from my grandmother it was just part of the culture that you know women stopped moving i don't know that that exercise and fitness was really that important for women in in prior generations so i thought okay can we again challenge the status quo and and it's not about the skinny jeans, it's not about the number on the scale, it's that you are stronger than you realized you were. Not just emotionally, but but physically. And the things that you as a woman as a mother can achieve after having a baby are incredible. I actually discovered in that first 18 years after having my daughter, or sorry, 18 years, 18 months after having my daughter, that I was stronger and fitter than I ever was in high school or college.
0: Isn't that amazing? Amazing. Still, still blows like, my mind. Yeah. Our bodies are still strong. And... I think we're of similar age so you can keep getting stronger into your 40s. Oh yeah, big time. Um so let's talk about that very first like season or yeah. year that you were having your boot camp before it was a franchise, when it was a group of friends and then it was forming into something real, right? Right. Like, were there any interesting, I don't know, blowouts or <laughs> like, situations? With I'm, ones? I'm literally thinking about like diaper blowouts <laughs> and like <laughs> mom problems and, you know, things that mm-hmm. happened.
1: Little ones are teething. Yeah. And that's the thing about our classes is that. For a new mom, first of all, you're not dealing with the germs, and I mean anytime, <laughs> uh, because you, your little one's in the stroller, so you're not, you know, swapping toys like you might at a play center. Um, you're not; They're not crawling on top of each other. They're in their stroller, and mom gets to be with them, which means if you need to feed the baby, change the baby, whatever you need to do, you are right there to care for your little one while you're also getting the direction for a full hour from a certified fitness professional.
0: Well, and what's interesting, I think there's two things. So yeah, there many of the kids were probably really young. Actually, what was the age of kids? What is the uh, age of
1: kids? We allow new moms to come in there six weeks postpartum for a vaginal delivery, eight weeks if there are any complications or a cesarean. Yeah, so just-
0: And then how old?
1: Uh, usually until they start school, which could be preschool, you know, could be three, four, five, it could be kindergarten. Summertime can be a little different. We have, you know, older children who will come with mom outside the stroller, but they just, for safety reasons, need to stay with mom.
0: Got it. It's a
1: little different right now with social distancing and not all our states or locations are back open. Fully, but we've gone completely virtual, so lots of options.
0: Well, and it's cool because I've watched some videos of the workouts, and um, you're using toys, which is awesome not kid toys, like adult toys, but not those kinds of adult toys, like um, exercise <laughs> toys. <laughs> what? Um, but yeah, like fun, unique exercises, things I wouldn't have thought about, like holding the baby. You know, doing squats, working inner outer thigh at the same time, like all kinds of cool stuff. Did you come up with all the moves?
1: Some of them. I mean, we've got amazing instructors across the country, incredible franchise owners. All of our owners are moms and they're owner operators, which means they don't just, they're not an investor to buy the franchise. They buy it and they lead the classes and then they bring on instructors over time. Yep. So they're integral to the classes, the programming. Um, everyone does need to be a certified personal trainer, group exercise instructor, and then they go through our prenatal and postpartum training. And with the rebrand to Momletta, we have other programs. And, you know, it's interesting because people are like, why are you not baby boot camp anymore? So let's go back almost 19 years when I started teaching classes in San Francisco with no, like, Vision that we were going to be franchising or expanding, so I didn't know there was a need elsewhere. Um, I started baby boot camp classes, which is stroller based fitness. Mommy and me, you've got your little one riding in the stroller while you're working out with them. And in the last, I would say, six to ten years, we have expanded our program because our members said, We love this culture, we love this community. We want an early morning class because I've gone back to work full time, right? So we launched a boot camp class in the mornings um, without the children, right? No, no kids are going to show up at five forty-five in the morning. <laughs> Let's hope not. Uh, we launched a core class to just focus on core. We launched a diastasis repair class. So I was integral to the program development, even the five K and half marathon training programs. But when we sat down about four or five years ago, we said, okay. We've expanded these programs because our members asked for them and we wanted to help increase income for our franchisees as well, but none of them include the baby. So we are truly just doing moms like you and me who don't have babies anymore, although they'll always be our babies, (laughs) a disservice because are you as a mom of an eight-year-old going to take a second look at baby boot camp? I don't have a baby. I don't have a child in a stroller, and you're going to miss the opportunity to be a part of these other programs and this incredible community of moms. So, we've been looking for four years working on a brand to attract moms who aspire to be athletic. And that's where we came up with Mom Letta.
0: So, this has been a long process. Oh, yes. Yes. I mean, this is 15 years in, basically. Mm-hmm. And were you ever faced with, you know, the question along the way, like, should I keep going? Is this working? Or has it been full steam ahead the whole time?
1: Oh, my goodness. It, I think, have you seen that visual of the entrepreneur? It's like up, down, down, up, down, down. Yeah. I mean, that has been the last four plus years. And I would say two years ago when I got back into rowing again, it could not have been a better time. Not just for me with the challenges that I was going through with our family, my, my husband's parents, um, with, with the franchise system. When you're on the water and rowing, anyone who's ever done this sport in particular, and I'm sure there are many other sports that can draw similarities, you truly have, there's a saying, head in the boat, head in the boat. You cannot think about work. You can't think about what you're gonna make for dinner. You have to be so singularly focused on the person in front of you. If there's a coxswain in the boat, what the coxswain is communicating. If your coach is over here in the launch, like you have to be so focused. I mean, there's high risk for injury. I mean, talk about teamwork, the epitome of teamwork. So for me, it was almost like a time where, you know, from six to eight in the morning where I just couldn't think about work. I I had to think about, my body over movement, um, feathering the blade, like all the components of how technical roaming is. And uh, it was so good for me to have that time to, you know, step away and to focus on something that truly had nothing to do with my work, right? So I was able to, to have this separation because the last 15, you know, 18 years, Everything I've done has been, oh, let me take this class because I could probably learn something to help improve, you know, the class offerings we have. And rowing, nothing.
0: It, it sounds like it gave maybe some of the benefits that like meditation brings to people. I mean, it got you out of your head, but you were in your head in a different way.
1: Completely different way. Plus... I would get to see dolphins, the sun come up on the water. Like for me, water is life. I've realized through the last couple of months of quarantine that I don't care what I'm doing, if I'm running or if I'm biking or walking or doing lunges, I just need to be able to see the water. That's something I've realized in the last couple of months.
0: Well, you live in Florida, but w- earlier, you know, we're kind of still on your story from when you were in Marin County. Yeah. So, like how did that shift happen?
1: To move from California? So uh, so a year into teaching baby boot camp classes in San Francisco, uh, one of my colleagues from the gym where I was a, a spinning instructor and a personal trainer before the baby, uh, she actually, Christy, her husband got relocated after they got married to Dallas. And it's crazy because we have still our Dallas Plano franchise. It's gone through a change of hands with few franchisees, but it's amazing to see it's in the same location that they opened, you know, uh, that would be 17 and a half years ago. It's pretty cool. So my friend Christy was relocating to Dallas, and she got there, and within about three months, mind you, she did not even have a baby yet, she called me and she said, Kristen, there are moms everywhere. They're walking around the mall. They have nowhere to go. They, they, I want to bring baby boot camp here.
0: It's so funny. I imagine like this is zombie apocalypse of nameless moms wandering the malls. I know it's true. That's so cool. Yeah.
1: And uh, I said, well, you know, my husband's in licensing management technology in the Silicon Valley. Let, let's talk. And we had, there was enough trust. In the, you know, I was at her wedding, like, you know, good, good friends for many years. And uh, so we figured it out you know, the four of us, her husband, her and her husband, me and my husband, we figured it out. And we helped her bring baby boot camp. She came out and trained with me for a couple of weeks, stayed at our house, you know, and I thought that was that, right? Except a few months after she opened, <laughs> she got picked up for a story in the Dallas morning newspaper, which hit the Associated Press, which ran nationwide. And then I started getting calls from Miami, from Oklahoma City. And I'm like, I turned to my husband, I'm like, help, I'm, I am the fitness person, you're the business person, a lot of that has shifted over the last, you know, 15 to 17 years, but, um, so we, we slowly started to expand into other cities, and realizing, okay, these are new moms coming to us, they don't have professional fitness experience, so what can we do to help them remotely, and not, not require them to travel with a new baby, because that doesn't make sense for them, so we've always been a remote technology-driven company and making things accessible, you know, without requiring travel. And um, so that was pretty crazy. But, but within, I would say, maybe three years of that initial path, we realized we needed to convert from a licensor to a franchisor, Partially because of Federal Trade Commission requirements on the offer and sale of franchises and what we were doing, which was really business support. Um, So we decided to go down this path of franchising. My husband said, you know, we, you know, I work full-time, I travel all the time. If we're going to do this, like we both have to be all in, not just financially, but from a time perspective. And we can't, we can't stay in Northern California and have a startup like this um because we won't get paid for a few years which we didn't for, for a long time and so we started looking at more entrepreneurial friendly states a lot of them are landlocked he knows i need sunshine he knows i need water he's always been a sailor and, and loves being on the water and he said, come come check out florida i've been there for business a few times let's go take a peek and um somehow landed in in sarasota florida and I said, fine, you know, being a California native, I'm like, oh, I don't know about Florida, you know, <laughs> I'll try it for two years, especially because it meant that he wasn't traveling all the time, like we'd be working together. So we drove cross country with our then two year old son and four year old daughter in our black lab and packed everything up and moved cross country and uh, said, okay, we're going to try this for, for two years. The first six months were really, really hard on me
0: really hard why what what was going on? missing
1: my connections, missing my friends, missing my community um, within six months, I started baby boot camp classes, and then I found my people and uh, that was transformational for me to start start teaching again, and you know i didn't know i mean i would when I first got to Florida, I would see moms smoking a cigarette, feeding their kids french fries, and I am not joking like. It's legit here, (laughs) it's crazy. The things that you hear um, in California or maybe some other states that are healthier, it's like, welcome to America. I had no idea. So I needed to find the moms who believed what I believed, right? who cared about what they put in their children's mouth, who cared about what they were cleaning their house with, you know, what products. And and once I found that those moms were here, (laughs) then I felt safe in expanding our programs. Because although we started out with the focus of fitness, right, helping moms to feel strong and healthy and active after having a baby, it has evolved into so much more than just fitness. You know, the community has just absolutely blown my mind to hear the stories from the members across the country that, I mean, they will tell me that Momletta has saved my life, it's saved my marriage. I mean, I, anytime I'm having a tough day, all I have to do is go read some of these stories from moms, whether it was three years ago or three days ago. And it's, it, it reminds me why I'm doing what I'm doing.
0: I love this. I can relate in a big way. I mean, I think you accidentally created an incredibly positive community that supports each other. And that's really true key to success, in my opinion. Um, I've been thinking a lot as you're talking about the entrepreneur's journey, and you didn't start on this thinking, oh, I'm going to be an entrepreneur. You were teaching spin classes and pastry chefing. Like, This was not necessarily entrepreneurial work, and then it kind of just happened, right? And it happens accidentally. Your friend, who, geez, we owe her a lot, um, you know, to get picked up in that article, and then it starts coming in. And I think about the stages like the first stage is starting, right? And then there's this nurturing stage where you're kind of like, okay, I've got all this energy and these things coming in, so I'm going to start building, building, and nurturing. And then you hit maintaining and that's the part that is often a little harder like the excitement has worn away and maybe you're not a startup anymore maybe it's in 5 years maybe it's in 10 or 15 like but at some point you're maintaining and when you mentioned that like roller coaster graph that's that's the part where you have to have more tools or develop more tools to really dig and one of the things that i've really noticed about you is that you are all about positivity, and maintaining a positive mindset. And I just wonder, like, how, how were you always that way? Or how did you develop that talent (laughs) to always come back to the positive?
1: Um, you know, it's interesting to hear you say that, because uh, my brother and I, my older brother, um, he got remarried, I think we're coming up on three years now. And when he got remarried, we took a road trip up, um, pile of teenagers in the backseat of our Prius, and drove all, all the way to Iowa. <laughs> it was a great road trip. We had a, an exchange student out um, from Spain, and we're like, "Let's show our America!" And t- I got to spend two weeks uh, with my brother. You know, a little time before the wedding and after, and it was amazing connecting with him as an older adult right, versus when we were in our 20s and 30s, and he's only three years older than me, and to see how much both of us have grown, and he is so much, we're so much alike, and I did not see that in us growing up, or even in our 20s, but something that, I mean, we read the same leadership development books, we're tapped into the same Type of, you know, positive mindset. And like, I looked at him and I said, Patrick, how did this happen? I don't remember being this way growing up. I do not remember our parents, you know, modeling this behavior. Like, when did this happen? And so I don't have the answer to that um, as far as like when or how. But I do, I can say that it is a choice. It is a choice that I make every day. And something that, that really resonates with me and how I choose to live my life is intentional. So you probably see some of my hashtags I use on social media are hashtag intentional life, because I think there are, there's an opportunity to just, just take a pause and think about what is the message you are sharing with the world, right? And there is enough negativity out there. You know, I realized a couple years ago, I need to stop listening, like just on my 10 minute commute to practice. I need to stop listening to NPR because there was a story one day that was so upsetting about vaginal mutilation in Africa. And I was like, oh, this is awful. These poor women. And that's not my calling. I can't change that. I can't do anything about that. I could if I wanted to, but, but I already have a calling. And it was so distressing to me to hear this story about the suffering that I realized I need to step away from this. And I started listening to audiobooks. So I'm never a reader before. <laughs> I'd read like magazines, like short, short little bursts of things. So now, um, with I have an Audible account, and ten minutes here, ten minutes there. Not that I've been driving a ten recently. I can get through a book a month. And I have this huge list of books I've read. Some of them I've read a couple times. And I I really feel so strongly that what you allow to come into your life is going to affect what you're bringing into the world. And so I like to pause before I post on social media because I want to make sure that the message I'm posting isn't about the crappy traffic or that, you know, yes, I talked about the humidity yesterday, but I tried to put a bit of positive spin on it, um, you know, that that I'm not the person that's complaining, it doesn't mean life is beautiful all the time, but I want to have a message that inspires people or someone. If I inspire one person today, I I did my job.
0: You've already inspired thousands. (laughs) Um, This is so interesting. Um, I'm going to come back to a question that just popped up while you were talking, but one thing it feels to me like you are an empath problem solver who also has this sort of drive and need to be productive at the same time and those things can definitely eat you up when they're when you allow yourself to embrace all of them at once right, right? Yeah. so you're hearing about the plight of others and you're like I must help I can't help it will kill me you know so it's like I think what's really cool is that you have the the wherewithal to recognize When your energy is being sucked in directions that aren't helpful, right? Yeah,
1: aren't serving me or serving others, right?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And so you you said a minute ago, this isn't my calling. I have a calling. So what's your calling?
1: It is to inspire strong moms through fitness, nutrition, community, and business.
0: And you are definitely doing that. And I think you're going to continue doing that. Are you going to continue doing that in the same way you currently are through Momletta? Is it just going to grow bigger, expand in different ways? Or is there something else that's also tugging at you?
1: There are other things tugging at me for sure. Right now, we're actually in a rebuilding phase with Momletta, so we have intentionally contracted, my husband and I are now full-time in the business together, which we haven't been together in the business full-time for a few years. Obviously, the launch of the new brand, there's a lot of things. We're updating from a technology perspective and then also branching into virtual, which we launched March 14th, the day that we said to owners, Let's take a pause from in-person classes temporarily. Um, We wanted to make sure we could deliver online programming to take some of that stress off of our individual owners across the country and also reach more moms. And the interesting thing now is that we've got moms saying, I don't have a franchise near me. Can I have access to this online community? So that's a a new opportunity that we have for moms, you know?
0: Absolutely. And it's a it's a smart revenue opportunity for you to pursue as well. I mean, at the end of the day, we all need to survive to keep serving others too.
1: So it's interesting to see that, yes, I have other things tugging at me and pulling me. Fortunately, my husband is great. He's like, put the blinders on, maintain focus, you know? Um, so, I mean, gosh, how far we have transformed in the last, the business in the last six to nine months. I mean, I have a, I have a virtual assistant in Mumbai. I have a graphic designer in Serbia, um, and they're they're women. And it's interesting. One of my clients pointed this out a couple weeks back. He said, "You know, I'm really passionate about not hiring men." <laughs> let me let me let me uh, qualify that. It. I'm very passionate about being able to support women in underserved countries, right? Where they they aren't necessarily, they don't necessarily have the same opportunities. And she actually pointed it out to me. She's like, that's so fascinating. That's so in line with your mission and who you are and what you do. I'm like, wow, I didn't even recognize that I was doing that intentionally. But now when I go to look to hire other contractors to help support us at the HQ level, I am now intentional about how I'm doing it. Because I think like a lot of things, it was maybe accidental or I didn't really focus on why I was doing something.
0: Yeah, I can totally see that. I mean, you're not, you're, you get caught up. I mean, there's no way that you can constantly be coming back to your grounding point. You need someone like your husband to help you get there every once in a while. You know, it. it right now you're in a rebirth, right? This is incredible. And I can feel the excitement and the positivity and it feels right. Like this feels like the right direction. And you know, Corona, you helped us get here, right? But it sounds too like the last few years, maybe four or five years were a a period of indecision or like you maybe were questioning the business. I'm, I'm just putting it out there because, you know, I'm going through an ending right now. And that's after 15 years. And this would have put you close to 15 years in. And I just wonder if you ever considered if it was time to end and then pursue some other things for yourself.
1: Absolutely. Yes. Um, you know, one of the things that I recognize because I, I also am at the top position with a direct sales company that's nutri- a nutrition product, which is, you know, goes hand in hand with fitness. Um, and my husband said, oh, this, this is the opportunity, you know, four or five years ago, right? this is the the opportunity. Why don't you just do this full time? And I said, it's not enough for me. I I have more to give. You know, I'm not just the nutrition person selling the fruits and veggies in a capsule. Like uh, there is more to me. I have more to give. I'm not finished right. With whatever form it takes for me to be able to continue to inspire strong moms through fitness, through nutrition, through community, and then through business. And the business right now is is franchising.
0: But how did you know that? Like it was just immediate? You were like, nope, not enough. Or did it take some soul searching for you to get there?
1: It took some soul searching. It took some very low lows. I mean, points at which like I thought, you know, I was going to have like an autoimmune attack on my body and end up in the hospital because I was, I was so stressed about being able to, I'm such a planner, and I didn't have the answers, right? And I remember one of our, a um, couple years ago, maybe it was three years ago now, one of our in-person conferences for our franchise owners and instructors, I stood there on the main stage giving the keynote, and I said, I don't, I don't have the answers. And I have a goal timeline, and you know what? We might miss those goals. And it was it was such a, I guess, maybe a rebirth for me to stand up there and to be confident in being authentic, right? And and I don't think that I have it figured out. I, you know, I'm learning every day, and I think that that is how I start my day: is that every day is an opportunity to learn something. And it's a I love choice. That. again, it's a mindset that I choose every morning, which is why I don't wake up and look at the news on my phone. I did it for a while there, <laughs> breaking that habit again. <laughs> Um, you know, I wake up and I seek inspiration, and when I find whether it's a quote or someone's post on social media or a, a video I listen to or an audiobook, when something resonates with me, that's when you see me post on social media because it, it, it's connected with me, and I'm going to go and turn around and share that with the world or my followers or whoever wants to listen. And, and if that touches one person, then I've, I've done my job.
0: Well, and it's hard when you are, like you said, you were at some very low lows. Those aren't usually the moments when you can even identify those little gems to put out there in the world. So how, you know, what did you do during those times when you were trying to rebuild yourself or get clarity? I mean, did you just go back to your core and pastry chef or did you hit fitness hard or what did you do?
1: I was training pretty hard with the rowing team. Definitely. I got a little bit more focused, you know, on my training and on, you know, the team's overall goals. Um, But I've always, I shouldn't say always, for the last 10 years, I've always had a coach, a business coach. So a leadership coach, a a franchise advisor, um, and someone that I spoke to, whether it was an hour once a month or an hour once a week, And so that was really helpful for me because some of the stressors that I was dealing with, it wasn't, I learned this through my coach, it wasn't appropriate or productive for my relationship with my husband to come and dump them on him. And this was during the time period that we were not full-time in the business together. He had his own job. He had his own stressors with his parents in England and aging and all of that part of life. Um, And then also, you know, just, being aware of who you are surrounding yourself with, you know, it's important. I think that, you know, you hear a lot, the five people you spend the most time with. I think that that is very important. But also looking back at the last four years, I recognize now that I was um, allowing a lot, I'm a collaborative leader to a fault, where I think I, I, I recognize now that I really struggled at times with taking input and making decisions based on that input. And when I was able to step back and do some soul searching, whether it was on a run or a walk and it had to be by the water. So I'd go walk on the beach um, or listening to an audiobook or a new podcast from someone that inspired me when I had that time and I made that time to step back and really connect with myself and where my heart was pulling me. I mean, that was what really moved things in the right direction. And, you know, from the new brand, the tagline that we talked about earlier, all of those decisions, the colors, I mean, everything about where we're at and where we're headed is trusting in myself. I think that was the, the thing over the last, you know, four to five years is it's time for change. I don't know what that change is, you know, in the big scheme of things um and getting all this feedback you know from all these people that i trust but it, it's cluttering my ability to see straight and and trust myself so
0: oh so much good stuff in here i mean you've done the work and you're still doing the work I'm doing it every day you know trying to clear the clutter which you know eventually will pile up again right? But now you've got more tools. And as you speak, I just, the word philosophy came to mind and I was like, I wonder if you could summarize your philosophy on nutrition and fitness and just sort of life. You know, do you have some different philosophies you can share with us? Oh gosh, where do I begin? Let's start with nutrition. I want to talk a little more about that because we haven't enough. Um, you know, you came from a different world, but now you live in more of a plant-based, heart-healthy world, right?
1: Well, I did just buy uh, stuff to make a charcuterie plate this evening.
0: <laughs> ah, well, yes, and that yeah. might be part of your philosophy.
1: It is, it is. I, I really believe in enjoying the food that you're eating. To me, food is fuel. Physically, Mentally, I mean, what we put into our bodies two to five times a day, however often you eat or snack, it's going to affect our digestion, our mental state. You know, I do not think there's enough emphasis on how we fuel. And um, I, think, I think it's so important. I found out, I think it was 10, 11 years ago, when I was 35, I was diagnosed with celiac after being a pastry chef, that's hilarious.
0: <laughs> yeah, totally.
1: Yeah. So the way I cook has evolved. Um, I do enjoy cooking at home, especially when I'm not under a tremendous amount of stress uh, with, with work. And I've worked to shift that a lot in the last six months so that I can enjoy being back in the kitchen again, because I really do enjoy it. My husband's vegetarian, which is why so much of what I do is plant-based. Um and, you know, I want it he doesn't, he doesn't want me cooking burgers in the house, you know? So we get the Beyond Meat burgers for him and I. Um, my daughter will have turkey burgers. My son wants a beef burger. So we accommodate everybody. But the burgers, the meat burgers have to be cooked outside of the barbecue. So he doesn't smell them. Um, so I just don't bring much, many animal products into our home because he can't stand it. So the charcuterie plates for my son and I will go in.
0: it. <laughs> you can hide that in the corner.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's... It, I, going back to the philosophy, you know, I really believe it's what you do most of the time, not some of the time. So, you know, people ask, people think I'm vegan. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. I had two eggs yesterday. I'm not going to start a plate tonight. But do I eat meat or, I should say animal products with breakfast, lunch, and dinner? No, I don't. I put avocado on something instead of cheese, most of the time, we don't have cow milk in our house anymore. Um, you know, we, we've discovered with even our kids that um, how, it, how it affects their skin, their digestion, things like that. And my, um, my son, as it turns out, he also has an autoimmune disease, not the same as mine. His has presented differently in his eyes and it is fully regulated. And this was by my research, and standing up to all the doctors and specialists, fully regulated by getting them off wheat. Wow. Three out of us, myself, my husband, and my son are all gluten-free.
0: I mean, I did see that your husband's making homemade gluten-free bread.
1: Making another loaf today. I have to say, as someone who's gluten-free, and if anyone else here is gluten-free or gluten intolerant, um, that's what I miss is the snacking bread. It's not the sandwich bread. You can, you can buy that and put it in the toaster and it's okay to make sandwiches. It's the snacking bread that I've realized we missed. So we found a really good recipe and he, he's been making it once a week and
0: Oh, absolutely love it. And I think this is really cool. I mean, this is a big part of your life and you are involved with a nutrition company, I think Juice Plus, right? Correct. Yes. Yeah. And um, I mean, I've seen some of the reviews you have on their products and stuff and everybody's got their own opinions, but... When something really calls to you, and like you said, at the very beginning, you found a group of women with shared values. You know, when the values of a company or a group of people or even a person aligns with you, you are definitely going to be drawn to them. So I can see that in you. And your skin looks amazing. You're glowing. You look incredibly young and fit. It's <laughs> so awesome. Yeah.
1: One of, one of the things, you know, that I like to speak, because I, I coach women Also, um, through our franchise system, and and you asked what's pulling at me, and I see that in my future, not in the short term, but maybe in the longer term, doing more coaching for women who want to build a home-based business, right, or any type of business coaching, because I have been coaching others for 19 years now, and um, being coached myself, right, from a business and a leadership perspective. So one of the things that i like to communicate to the women that i work with in business is before you really hone in on what your values are i think it's important first to determine what your priorities are mm-hmm. many of the choices i've made are because family comes first and we've started to share with Letta more and more what our company values are which of course are our family values and the number one core value of momletta is that we prioritize families and relationships
0: wow that's huge
1: it is and it, it i think if you have clarity in your priorities it is so much easier to make decisions
0: yes so when, I, absolutely. When,
1: I speak, when i speak to women when i speak to other entrepreneurial moms that is one of the first things that I recommend, is get clarity in your priorities. It will make your decisions easier. And then let's start to look at a list of values and circle the ones that resonate with you, narrow that down, you know, figure out what your top three are. And I like to assess that like every six, six to 12 months personally.
0: Okay, this is the part in the podcast where everyone's pausing and writing everything down. So <laughs> we'll, I'll try to put some of this information in the show notes so you can go back and check it out. But um, wow, really good stuff. So is your, what's your philosophy on fitness then?
1: It's got to be fun. Now, you know, I've been a personal trainer for over 20 years, and I truly believe if you are not having fun, like, why are you doing it? You know, I remember the day back in, you know, I remember right out of college. It was probably 21 or 22 going to, I don't know, some big box gym, getting on that machine. What is it? The pre-core? Legs are moving. Arms are moving. I mean, bored to tears, looking at a wall, Uh listening to music, bored out of my mind. Like I didn't want to walk in the door because the second I walked in, I wanted to turn around and walk out.
0: Well, and all it did was perpetuate this idea that the number of calories you burned was the most important thing. So you just stared at the number of calories. I remember those old treadmills with the stairs that moved. They weren't treadmills. They were stair climber things, but like the stairs actually moved. like that. That might actually be kind of dangerous, but like, yeah, I, same thing. I mean, this was in the, you know, mid to late nineties. I mean, this is how we did fitness in a gym setting.
1: You're right. It was about calories in and calories out. And that's a big thing that I've learned in my journey with nutrition. Uh, ended up applying to grad school at 40 to go back and get my master's degree in nutrition. And so wait, uh, how
0: did that go? Like your kids were already <laughs> in school by then, obviously. Uh, and,
1: yeah, they, um, were, they must have been in middle school at the time.
0: Well, and you already had Mom Momletta, or at the time it was still Baby Bootcamp, was just rocking, right?
1: I had employees. I had full-time employees in an office. Now, you know, we, we trimmed all that back in the last year, which, thank goodness, <laughs> because we're able to weather this current storm or transition or whatever, wow. we're going through, whatever we want to call it.
0: That's because fortuitous timing.
1: I know, because I don't have full-time employees. I don't have the overhead of an office. Like, we have flexibility, and it's my husband and I, and a few contractors who are all part-time. So, um, so as far as, you know, sorry, completely got off track there. No, I
0: love it. It's my favorite. This is great. (laughs) Um, But yeah, you said fitness has gotta be fun.
1: Yes, it does. Getting back to the fitness component of it. So, um, you know, I, I watch whether it's clients or friends or, you know, other, other connections that I have, you know, still with that mindset of you know i've got to earn my dessert you know even like think about thanksgiving there's a lot of that like oh i can't eat all the eggs i'm gonna stuff myself i recognized this last thanksgiving that um it was probably the fourth thanksgiving in a row that i didn't feel sick after eating and we started doing plant-based thanksgiving for my husband obviously gluten-free for my son and i and you know, making this beautiful um, vegan lentil loaf that the kids actually ask for when it's not Thanksgiving—it's that good. If you want the recipe, I'll, I'll send it yeah, to you. Yeah, put
0: the recipe. Send the yeah. recipe. We will put it online All unless right. it's. Yeah, we'll give you credit. Everyone will make it. <laughs> oh, we'll do write. a contest. I didn't make it up. <laughs> no, I am <laughs> I'm vegan. I'm mainly vegan, or what I call Chegan, which is a cheating vegan.
1: I'm a Yes. Chegan.
0: Totally. A so, vegan who eats
1: cheese occasionally, right?
0: Well, not necessarily cheese, just cheating vegan.
1: Oh. So I might eat
0: pastries that have butter in them.
1: Yep.
0: Right? I might have cheese. I might have an egg. So I'm a chicken. I'm primarily vegan. It's what I do most of the time, not some of the time. I love that. Exactly, yeah. Wow, cool.
1: the same thing with... I'll use wine as an example, because, you know, obviously as women, you know, we either drink or we don't, right? But how much? And that's something I discovered in college is that if I was having beer, you know, at the time or whatever it was, six or seven days a week, all of a sudden I had this like this belly that I didn't used to have. Um, So I, in college, decided not to drink Monday through Thursday. And that was how I managed my weight in college. It wasn't food. It wasn't about calories in and out. You know, I've always kind of eaten what I want, but been in tune with my body. What am I craving? Um, awareness of my hunger level or how the satiety level as well, right? So, um, so back to that concept of fitness. So you really think it's got to be fun and you've got to enjoy it. Um, yeah, sometimes it's hard sometimes it's hot, sometimes it's cold, you're sweating, whatever it might be. But um, for me, I discovered that accountability is key. I have had so many people in my adult life say, you are the most self-motivated person I know. (laughs) Like You clearly don't know me. I am not self-motivated, but I do surround myself with people and intentionally put myself in a position that requires me to be accountable. So I already mentioned rowing, right? I sign up for practice Tuesday, Thursday, Sunday, and if for some reason I miss my alarm or don't feel good and show up, coach is not gonna be happy. But they can't take the boat out, he's scrambling, you know, okay, well we've got seven people in an eight man boat, what are we gonna do? It causes a problem, you let the team down. So that's in and itself a great accountability tool. Um, before coronavirus you know i would have the accountability of teaching a couple classes a week i would have the accountability of meeting a couple friends for a run you know it was very very rare prior to 10 weeks ago that i would get up on my own and go do a workout there was always something else involved that created that accountability and i also discovered when you know meeting friends whether it's for a bike ride or a run that if someone flaked on me one time, it happens two times, you know, no big deal. But if I was like expecting them to flake on me, I needed to step back and, and figure something else out because the people that I spend time with are the people that I can count on and vice versa. They can count on me.
0: Oh, I love that. That's how it should be. You are not, such a good cool person. In,
1: not just in fitness though. You know, I strive to be the same way in my, my business as well.
0: Yeah, I can tell. And, you know, I believe Momletta is going to be very successful. And in order to continue a business for, you know, going on two decades here, you have to evolve it and you're evolving it the right way. I mean, it even goes back to... A small discussion we had at the beginning where you asked all the questions. Are you an athlete or are you athletic? What are we trying to get at here? And you're just, you're doing it. So I'm so proud of you for weathering all the storms, for continuing to grow and expand yourself, where we often lose ourselves in our business. And, um, and, and for, I guess, just spreading all the positivity that you do out here in the world. Amazing. Awesome. Well, we are, you know, I'm going to leave your last philosophy, maybe your life philosophy for the last question that I ask every guest who comes on the show, because we've been rocking this thing for like an hour. So it's time. Are you ready?
1: I don't even know what's coming my way.
0: (laughs) (laughs) If you could leave our listeners with one final piece of advice, one little nugget to help them run their worlds in a bigger and better way, what would it be?
1: I would say, determine your priorities, have clarity in what your values are, trust yourself, lean on your trusted friends and family, pursue your passion and change the world.
0: Nailed it, (laughs) world changed. Check. (laughs) Thank you so much for taking time today. This was amazing.
1: Thank you, Nicole. It was such a pleasure.
0: We got to do this more often. I agree. (laughs) All right, everybody. I am back. Um, Wow. Love, Kristen. She's so awesome. I think one of my favorite phrases, I don't know why, maybe it's just because it makes me feel like I guess it's because it does make me feel like it's okay not to be perfect (laughs) is when she said she believes that it's what you do most of the time not some of the time that matters I love that you know in my opinion it's about creating a consistent lifestyle that makes you happy consistent doesn't have to mean perfect um, she's amazing. Definitely make sure that you follow Kristen. Follow her personally, Kristen, with an E-K-R-I-S-T-E-N, coroller, at uh, on Instagram and social. But also follow Mom Let Up. This is not just an, a community for women who have newborn babies. This is a community that helps the whole mom from start to finish. <laughs> you know, so I I think that there are there can be no lack of amazing women creating communities that connect women. And so for me, I'm very proud to call Kristen a friend and to support what she's doing in this world because she is definitely making it a better place. All right, everybody, that's it for today. You know what time it is. It's time to get out there and run this world. Have a great workout and I'll see you next week.